Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. Hey, what's going on, everyone? And welcome back. Uh, thank you guys for being here. And uh, if you could do me a huge favor and uh, share the podcast uh, and also subscribe so that you're not missing any future uh, episodes here for me, I would greatly appreciate that. Uh, with that being said, we've got uh, some Fed minutes coming out um, today at, uh, I think they came out at 2.30. It's around 2.45 right now. Uh, but the Fed is actually going to stay put, right? We were kind of looking at that last time. 98% of economists were saying we were staying at that uh, five and a quarter uh, basis point. We might be moving up another 25 basis point uh, for the November meeting. You know, going to be more data driven. That's what they keep saying, uh, data driven. And then uh, going forward, it looks like we might get uh, about 50 basis points of cuts throughout 2024. Uh, so they're still sticking with that elevated uh, and higher interest rates for longer. And uh, that's just kind of the, the path that they're taking in order to keep that uh, or get that inflation down to that target of 2%, which now is looking that like that might be until 2026, where we could actually see inflation back to about that 2%. So uh, what's that mean for us? Well, uh, borrowing is still expensive. It doesn't look like it's coming down anytime soon. Uh, so all those small growth companies are going to be at a disadvantage uh, when they go to borrow money. Uh, people that are going to be buying homes, that is still going to be expensive. Uh, I know that for a fact as I uh, just actually closed on that investment property on Monday. And that is uh, you know, kind of an ongoing thing. It's going to be a lot of an undertaking right now for, for me. Uh, and my wife, it's a, a definitely a busy time in our lives. Uh, you know, I kind of slow down a little bit in my work uh, in November. So hopefully, if anything isn't done by then, I can really roll on things at that time. But um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, getting a lot of people in and out to uh, give us quotes on getting some things redone and uh, be able to get it ready for renters. But uh, that, you know, 8% interest is, uh, is definitely tough, right? You want to, you know, get someone in there and paying some bills so we can get some cash flow rolling off of this uh, this investment. So it's definitely something that is out of my comfort zone. Uh, I can only recall maybe three other times where I have felt this uncomfortable about something. Uh, buying our home was certainly one of them, but I, I feel like that was a little bit easier, right? You put uh, at that point, I think I put 10 or 15% down on our house. And that was okay. You know, I knew we had enough money to kind of go ahead with that. We were living there and our money was going to pay for the house. Uh, but with the investment, it's kind of a, you got to buy the house, right? Which we uh, did that line of credit for. So we don't have a traditional mortgage on it. So we are simply just paying the interest right now. Uh, then you've really got to, uh, you know, spend more money to get it up to speed in order to be able to rent it. And so how long is that going to take? How long are these, uh, you know, contractors or estimates going to take to get back? Some of them that I'm getting back already are, you know, a, a lot higher than what I had uh, priced in, and um, yeah, so I'm going to have to kind of make that all work. Uh, a lot of it is right where I close enough. Some things are are definitely more than I, I feel like they should be worth, 
and uh, definitely some people trying to sell you on some more things that I really don't think we need. Uh, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I guess other times that I might have been uncomfortable was uh, getting into stocks. Uh, I was definitely on the fence. Like I knew it was the right thing to do. Uh, eventually doing it, you know, and, and it was just kind of uh, throwing darts at that point, right? I was like I've said before, I went out and started buying Caterpillar and a couple other big names, but it was nothing, you know. But a, a couple hundred dollars here, a couple hundred dollars there, and you know that's kind of snowballed. But uh, it's not the same discomfort that I'm kind of feeling right now, uh, just with the amount of spending and the amount of cost that is out there, and now basically having two mortgage payments with uh, you know the the same kind of income. So once we get a renter, and once everything is we're we're done hemorrhaging money from this, I'll definitely feel better. Um, but in the meantime, it's definitely a lot to think about running everything that I do for my my personal business. Uh, kids from A to B, soccer practices here and there, uh, and then we've got um, you know now this house and all the things that come with it in order to uh, figure out. So um, it's just a, a new road, a new path, and uh, I decided that I've got to trust the process. Right, that is definitely tough, and um, I'm really trying to talk myself through this one. It's uh, it's definitely uneasy right it's a it's a lot of new uncharted territory for me a lot of new things that i'm i'm really trying to figure out uh, a lot of the things that i'm looking to hire out i could potentially do myself but i don't necessarily have the time right now to be in eight places at once so uh, you almost have to kind of lean on other people in order to get it done uh, on time but uh if it's going to be well over budget then it might even just make sense for me to wait until that November, uh, you know, kind of lull in my work, and then I can get more of this done myself. So, uh, like I said, uh, a lot of unknowns. Uh, it'll get done. It, it's just definitely a matter of trusting the process. And I definitely think that for investing, it's uh, it's a lot of the same thing, right? Like we've we've talked about knowing your numbers, knowing what a company is, knowing what it isn't. And really believing in uh, in yourself and your research and the things that you have done, not simply looking at what an analyst says or uh, you know what a buy rating might have you know just came out from someone say on Tesla for four hundred. Is that actually feasible according to your research? And um, you know, in, in stocks, I I feel a lot more comfortable with that right now in the, this home you know renovation type process. I, I feel a lot more out of my element, but, uh, we'll get it straight. And, um, yeah, but, uh, I, I know that the numbers are there, right? I know that, uh, once we get this thing rented and, uh, the, the money's kind of reversing and coming back in, you know, you fast forward, you, you kind of zoom out and you look at it in five or 10 years. And, you know, it was probably hopefully going to be a great thing as, you know, really looking at a lot of the big companies that we've talked about, uh, you know, you zoom out, five, 10 years, and hopefully it's going to be a good play, right? You did all the other uh, research, you know, the numbers, you see the path of business that they're looking to go down the, uh, the different lanes and different avenues they're looking to make money. Are they in the right space at the right time? Uh, you know, all those different things, we kind of put that together and, uh, we really look at, you know, the overall health of the company and where they're going to be at in that time. So, uh, again, you really got to, Lean on your own research, trust yourself, and uh, and know that you know things are gonna be fine. What's the worst that's gonna happen? 
Uh, maybe the, the worst thing that happens in this case is I got to sell a house or I got to even sell some stock in order to pay for the house. Um, so that's, uh, that's kind of worst case scenario. We, we certainly are not there yet, but I guess I kind of over-exaggerate some of these things in my head when I'm looking at it. So, um, that's what I got there, but what is the market doing? Uh, well, the NASDAQ is down about a uh, half a percent right now. Uh, S and P's down only about eight points and the Dow is up 112 points. Uh, again, you know, the, the NASDAQ is going to be more rate sensitive. So, when we see uh, the Fed come out and say, hey, no rate change right now, but by the end of the year, we're expecting another 25 basis point hike, uh, the NASDAQ is going to respond poorly to that. Uh, the Dow is kind of in bounce back mode as well. The Dow sold off pretty heavily on Tuesday and uh, you know we're, we're gaining a little bit of it back. But um, I think that the NASDAQ is down based on some of those rate fears and the fact that it's going to be elevated higher for longer. So we're, we're kind of taking all that in stride. Uh, as I said, there's a lot of mixed signals that were out there for the Fed. You know, we had some different unemployment numbers. CPI came in a little bit hot in some areas, some of the oil pressure and uh, those prices creeping back up to $100 a barrel, uh, potentially by the end of the year. That is uh, something that we're definitely thinking about as to what's going to happen going forward. So the Fed is going to try to fight all these different pressures uh, and raise again, potentially, unless something really changes. Um, you know, I, I don't really know the significance of waiting uh, until November. If they see that they're going to do it now, just kind of get it done. Uh, I've said that before. We could have gone, you know, much more than these small 25 basis point moves, uh, you know, 15, 18 months ago and just got this done. You know, because as we also look forward and when we uh, say it's, you know, 2030 now, we look back in history and all the money that we printed throughout COVID, uh, of course, there was going to be inflation. Right. So, like, why why are we even questioning the move of getting the rates uh, in place and really fight inflation? And uh, I think it was even Bank of America said that uh, the, the U.S. consumer is still strong. Let me get back to that article. Um, where is it? Yeah, Bank of America CFO says credit debit card payments are elevated up 4% year over year. Uh, and they are also saying that it's difficult to see a U.S. recession when the consumer is spending 4% higher. Uh, so, I mean, I guess that's good, right? We're, we're, still, um, we're still buying. We're still driving the economy. But at the same time, we're, we're still going to see these elevated uh, Fed rates for you know at least a year, probably more than that. And, uh, you know, inflation being uh, elevated or not down to that 2% target until about 2026. So, eh, I mean, soft landing, you know, that looks probable. But uh, at the same time, it's just going to be a long cycle of higher rates and really just kind of pushing the, uh, the can down the road as far as how much we uh, uh, money we printed and how high inflation has actually been for now. Uh, what's projected to be what five years from really the pandemic until this thing is over. Uh, so that's that's kind of my argument there. They could have done a little bit more, but I, I guess navigating these waters are easier in hindsight than uh, you know real time. So um, not saying they're doing a hateful job. Uh, just saying that they, in my mind, what's the difference between raising twenty five basis points in September and not doing anything in November? 
or you know the the flip flop. So that's what I got there. But um, yeah, the uh, the workers at a Ford Canadian unit uh, avoided a strike. They did reach a tentative agreement late on Tuesday. Uh, they extended negotiations by uh, 24 hours from a previous deadline. I don't know that uh, any other negotiations have really been uh, moved forward and we've really got any kind of progress there. Let me take a quick Google search on uh, what we got for the U UAW and see what's going on over there. Uh, we've also got uh, Bank of America raising their uh, end of year target for the S&P 500 by almost 7%. So they are now calling for a 4,600 S&P uh, by the end of the year. And their previous uh, target was about 4,300. Uh, so that was 3.5% higher than its close of 44.43.95 on Tuesday. So we've still got uh, a little bit room left to run. And uh, you know, like I said, we're, they already passed that 4,300 level that Bank of America was looking at. So they revised it a little bit higher. Um, nope, we've got uh, 58 minutes ago on NBC News. General Motors Stellantis uh, announced new layoffs as UAW strike deepens. Uh, so that is uh, definitely not good as far as uh, the automakers are concerned. It says here we've got uh, they idle another auto plant sending 2,000 workers home as UAW strike deepens. Uh, that was Fairfax, Kansas. And uh, the union prepares for more strikes. So, and again, you know, last time I was talking, are these going to be investable? This is a hard one for me. I don't really see buying any value as these uh, these companies go on strike. As I said, you know, there's been a lot of problems throughout the past five years for a lot of the automakers. We had uh, for General Motors, we had a strike in 2018, 2019. Then all the COVID problems hit, and then all the semiconductor problems hit. We had all the supply chain disrupted, and now we're back to more strikes, right? So that the price to sales is always low. The PEs tend to be cheaper than a lot of other industries, uh, normally even cheaper than banks. I don't really see why or the, the real catalyst to buy these and expect uh, this major rebound. I don't know that they ever really get to a solid valuation versus a lot of other companies that are out there. So for me, I'm not looking to buy these. Um, the The dividends are often cut if uh, times get rough. There's just not a lot of uh, real reason for me to want to add a lot of this to a portfolio unless it really gets to just, to just be way too cheap to ignore. And then it's just kind of a turnaround play for me. But I really am not seeing a reason to rush out and spend that money or, or invest that money on the automakers when there are other plays that are out there that are going to give you some more consistent uh, growth, consistent dividends, and uh, just a more reliable investment. Um, you know, there, there's certainly more consumer staples that make sense. Uh, you're getting more of a dividend, even though the the value is still there. Uh, I can't really see such an upside for a lot of these companies. Um, but like I said, if they got cheap enough, maybe I would take another look at them. But uh, that's kind of my two cents on what the uh, the the strike and actually investing in some of these automakers. I don't really see it. That's not to say that they're uh, completely uninvestable, but I think you're you got some better options elsewhere on on these uh, these stocks. Um, now going forward, 
what else do we have? We've got, um, how's Bitcoin looking? I, don't, I haven't really talked about that in a while. I know we're looking at those spot ETFs. I think we were hovering right around 26, 27,000. Uh, let me get over here. Yeah, Bitcoin's sitting at 27.5. So it's up a little bit. Ethereum is at 1,650. Uh, so a little bit of a you know gain to the upside for Bitcoin. I know we try to push higher on some of those announcements of the spot ETF and the amount of people that were applying for them, the, the court case that was uh, overturned. And uh, ultimately, I, I think that we'll have more upside when or if or when these uh, these spot Bitcoin ETFs do get approved. We're just not there yet, right? We're still waiting for that announcement. Uh, and then I think we've got some upside. Then I think a lot of people might end up selling that news just due to a lot of the uncertainty and the uh, the kind of quietness in, in crypto. I think a, a lot of other people made a lot more money in stocks. Um, some of the big tech names this year obviously outperformed uh, Bitcoin this year, NVIDIA, you know, Amazon, any of them, right? They're all really performing a lot better than crypto has been. Uh, and again, like I said on the last episode, and if you missed it, uh, you can definitely catch that one on Spotify or Apple, however you're listening. But um, utilities and REITs are making a lot more sense to me as we start to see some of these rate cuts. We're not there yet, right? We're, we're probably only going to get about half a uh, percent of rate cuts by the end of 24. So this might be a longer term uh, buy and hold. But I definitely think that as people start to think about getting out of treasury, start to think about getting out of some of the bonds, uh, even some of the CDs that are now paying over 5%, as those rates start getting cut, I do believe investors are going to loop back around to utilities, to REITs, to some other stable dividend payers that are going to give them a better return than some of these, uh, the T-bills or the bonds or the CDs. Right. So there's there's definitely that conglomerate of investors that are looking for that dividend, that consistency, and some growth. And uh, the fact that the the XLU, the uh, the sector spider for utilities, which is an ETF, has sold off this year. I think it's down. I've, I believe it was seven or eight percent, while the Nasdaq was up thirty nine percent as of Friday. Um, I think we're going to see some of that uh, that transitioning back into some of these other, uh, you know, dividend performing assets like the uh, utilities, like REITs. There's there's obviously other ones that are going to be uh, in that category where they're going to pay that four or five percent dividend, and more investors are going to roll back into them as uh, these rates do come back down. So is that a, a, a today problem? Not necessarily, but I think we've got to maybe gear up for the fact that uh, in the next 12 months, it could be really a, a solid investment to go ahead and purchase some of these. And, uh, you know, with only getting the 50 uh, basis point hike by, or cut by the end of 24, that kind of changes things, right? I, I believe uh, we were looking at some numbers maybe a month or two ago that were saying that uh, we were going to get more cuts by the end of 24 and potentially be done. Uh, hiking for 2023. So, you know, uh, as those rates come down, obviously, uh, the more they come down, the the less attractive the bonds and the T-bills and the CDs are going to be. And uh, the more attractive we're going to see investors really going back into some dividend stocks that are really consistent. But uh, only having that 50 basis point drop by the end of 24 might make that timeline a little further out, maybe even into 25. 
uh, before we really start seeing people really load back up on these uh, these alternative uh, stocks, these the utilities, the REITs, the other consumer staples that are even paying in that um, you know three, four, five percent range, and really kind of have a drawback to uh, dividend paying assets that are going to outperform. And really be oversold, in my opinion, right? We definitely saw a lot of sell side pressure on a lot of these companies that um, really, I think, are good names and uh, really have a, a solid pipeline of things going on for them. And, and definitely in uh, you know some of the uh, utilities, like uh, one of them, let, let's just go ahead and get into this, right? We've got uh, the uh, investing challenge, and I'm trying to find my paper here. We've got uh, everything kind of moved around. Uh, we've got uh, the the first one up for the investing challenge for week thirty nine uh, was Next Era Energy, right? NEE, and they had a uh, a solid return over the past five years. That compound annual growth rate was somewhere in the teens. I want to say it was fifteen, sixteen percent, uh, and I still think that that is a solid stock that we can actually look to buy and get some growth. You're not really buying this for the dividend. You're getting it for uh, a lot of the the growth areas that they're in, in solar, in battery storage. Uh, they are a utility in, uh, where is it? I know they're big in Florida. I know they're also in some other areas throughout the country. Um, let's just go with Florida right now for the, the sake of uh, the argument and to keep it short here. And uh, I, I do think that uh, a lot of people are going to roll back into some of these names and as you're buying the XLU, uh, NextEra Energy is going to be in there. So anyone buying that is going to prop up the price of NextEra. You might not be simply buying it for the dividend, which is fairly low for a utility. Uh, it's 2.7%. But you're also going to be getting the growth from one of the uh, the faster growing utility company, companies in the country for the fact that they do a lot of other things in renewable energy. And uh, that's a lot of the reason that I picked this one. It's not simply a dividend play, right? It's got a lot of growth and uh, it's trading very close to that 52-week uh, low, which was $65.36 set on the 6th of the month. And uh, we're trading at $67.50. Uh, so I'm seeing a decent price uh, PE multiple. The trailing 12 months was 16. Uh, what do we got as far as upside? And uh, I believe it was somewhere around at 26.8%. So we've got a good amount of upside. We've got a little bit of a dividend. I think that this one could be a solid investment as we start getting people rolling back into uh, the utility names and really, you know, kind of getting back into some some kind of boring stocks, right? And uh, utility stocks tend to be boring. But uh, I think the amount of upside there, the fact that they are not your typical boring utility company and they're in the renewables they're in the battery storage and they're not just uh, uh you know kind of natural gas and electricity uh, i think that they could be a better play uh going forward and then we kind of get that benefit of people rolling back into the the xlu uh when we start to see some of these rate cuts happening so that was number one number two was going to be google uh, I still love Google. It is a, a solid company. I don't know that uh, there's ever really a bad time to buy some of these. Yes, there's definitely some times where they're overvalued. Uh, but I am comfortable buying this one. Uh, I definitely like uh, the, the growth path that they've had with uh, some of the 
purchases that they've made. I still think that they're looking to purchase more. They're getting more into AI. There's about 11 and uh, a third percent of upside on Google. And uh, there's definitely a, a much higher target out there. We've got one person saying that we're going to 200 within the next 12 months. So that's about 47.8%. And the low only being $121, which is down uh, 10.5%. So the that average number uh, being 150.67. So I think that this company still got a lot of growth left in it. They're getting in a lot of the lanes that I really feel are going to be real solid growth drivers. Um, really with the AI, they, they've still got a lot of the advertising. They've really got the, the market cornered on YouTube. YouTube TV and streaming is still continuing to grow. We've still got all the, uh, the handsets, the portables, everything that they are looking to sell. Uh, and really keep people on the ecosystem. I know if you've got a Google phone, which I do, I know a lot of people say no one's got them, but I've, I've got them. And I think a good majority of my family's got them anyhow. Uh, you know, you kind of get a little bit better of uh, storage uh, benefits with your Gmail account. You get more as uh, far as the amount of pictures that you can store on there. I believe it's unlimited HD photo storage. I'm not sure about that. That, that might be uh, kind of a that might have passed at this point. I'm not too sure if that's still the case or not, but um, I believe at one time it was. So there's a lot of different things that I like about the company. I still think that they're going to continue to grow. Uh, and I don't know that there's ever really an awful time to buy Google, to buy Apple, to buy Microsoft. Um, and they're just really some, some companies that are really outperformed. And I think they're going to continue to do that as well. Um, number three was LHX, which is L3 Harris, a defense contractor. And uh, I know I covered this one as to why I was buying this one, but I, I really believe that this one was oversold. We're sitting at 175. We got about 24.3% of upside on this one uh, for an average price target of 218. We've got a decent dividend. I still think we've got a lot of geopolitical tensions around the world. I don't know that that's changing. I don't know that we're ever going to be a peaceful world. So I, I still think that the defense contractors are going to be uh, needed, right? And uh, with an election year, I think that that is going to be a driver. Uh, the fact that they have oversold some of their revenues were down for 23, but they are looking to return for 24. I believe I've got that right. I want to say it was around 24% on the two year in growth on revenue. Don't quote me on that. I'm not looking at the numbers right now. But 2.6% uh, of dividend. The, uh, the PE is at a 41 now, but I believe it's really. Uh, off of those numbers that were falling on revenue. Earnings was down for the year, but we're about to be in a kind of a boom cycle to see this one run back up in 24. I think that's what the numbers were. Uh, so I'm thinking that this one is a little bit oversold. Uh, I, I I believe it's near closer, much closer to the bottom on the 52-week range, which was set on the 8th. That was at 167. We're sitting at 175. And the high in the 52-week price target or 52-week range was 255. So I believe that we've got more upside as some earnings start coming back in. Uh, the ge geopolitical tensions are definitely high. We've got a lot of uh, changes going on in DC as far as uh, an election year coming up. So a lot of different things that I, I really believe that uh, aerospace and defense companies should do well. And I believe this one could be a a solid one to look at for a bit of a rebound, uh, oversold conditions, and uh, one that I, I 
I just think it's kind of a sleeper that no one really talks about as much as, you know, General Dynamics or Northrop Grumman or, or Boeing. Uh, so I'm thinking this might be a decent play to get uh, a little bit of value and maybe catch it while no one else is really looking this way. So uh, that was number three, LHX for L3 Harris. Number four was O. O is a Realty Income Corp, which is a REIT. Uh, this goes back to my idea that, hey, uh, the, the, the REITs could be a little bit in that oversold territory. We might be getting some more people coming back into these as rates get cut. This one has a strong 5.7% uh, dividend yield. It is a monthly payer. You're getting a company that is committed to paying more and more year over year on these dividends. And uh, one that has uh, quite the different diversified portfolio as far as the real estate that they do have. It's what? Uh, let me get back over the numbers. Um, twelve. Well, it's got 12,237 commercial properties, 236.8 million leasable square feet. Uh, they have 12,111 properties leased and 126 properties available for lease or for sale. So very high occupancy rates. Uh, I like the uh, the mix where they're at. They're in the U.S., Puerto Rico, the U.K., Spain, and Italy, and uh, they they offer a lot of different uh, types of properties as well. They've got uh, uh, retail, industrial, and industrial clients. Uh, they've got uh, or that that those would have a service aspect to their business, a non discretionary and or low price point component to their business. Uh, they include properties that are in retail, gaming, industrial, and other types such as agriculture and office. Uh, so another one that uh, I'm, I'm happy with, I don't have any of this one. It is trading right on that low. I think that this is going to be a solid uh, dividend entry point on this one. I don't know that I've ever seen a 5.7% dividend yield on O. We are trading only 35 cents above uh, the 52-week low, which was set on the 18th of September. And uh, I think that we are definitely in a spot where we're going to start seeing some people coming back into some uh, some REITs for those, uh, those dividends, especially as people start to uh, sell out of some of these uh, other investments or cash in the, the CDs or the bonds or the, uh, the T-bills. So up for number five was going to be Tesla. And uh, I think Tesla is going to be the beneficiary of the UAW strike for the big three, right? Ford, uh, GM, and Stellantis, uh, parent company of Chrysler, uh, Jeep, Dodge, Ram. And uh, with that, I think that uh, you know Tesla is going to be in the in the space to be actually making auto uh, you know automobiles at this time. We're not going to have this this shutdowns uh, because they are not a union uh, affiliated shop. And uh, I believe that that is going to help Tesla right now. Uh, but going forward, I think that Tesla is going to have more runway with a lot of the things that they're doing uh, in the full self-drive, in AI, with their new Dojo supercomputer, where they're going to be analyzing a lot of uh, driving data and really looking to make the, the future of autonomous. Uh, full self-driving, uh, definitely uh, their lane for one of their lanes for growth, right? So I think that that's going to help. We've got uh, Morgan Stanley also coming out on the 11th and said that, hey, this could be a uh, $400 stock within 12 months, which had a little bit of my interest as to you know what's going on there. Uh, at the same time, I do want to mention that um, Guggenheim, 
came out and said, this is a sell, right? It's a $125 stock within 12 months. So there is a big range of price targets on this one. GLJ also said it's a sell, no price target. Uh, Piper Chandler said it's a $300 stock. Um, that's the price target from them. RBC Capital came out and said 305. Goldman says 275. Uh, so we're all over the board, right? But um, right now, that average price target is saying we've got only 0.86% of upside. Normally, I wouldn't mention a stock with only 0.86% of upside, but Tesla always has uh, very skewed price targets because uh, a lot of people try to price it as an automaker, right? And the, like I said earlier, the price to sales on those is super low. The PE is super low. Uh, but generally speaking, their, their revenue growth is also very slow. Uh, for Tesla, we've got about 54% of revenue growth by the end of 24. So there are, uh, it's, it's not the same, right? I, I do believe that Tesla is going to have a lot more areas of growth to go down. I know margins are getting compressed on a lot of the price cuts across the board for them. We do have the Cybertruck that's going to be coming out. I don't know that that's going to be uh, a, a you know a huge growth driver for them. I think the more lar the, the larger growth drivers for them are going to be in um, their their traditional autos, but also in the the supercomputer, the AI, the solar panels, the battery backups. Uh, and a lot of the things that they are doing right in the right space at the right time. Uh, so I'm not simply leaning on one new model saving the day or or making or breaking them. But I do believe that they have a lot of different ways to make money and that they are more than an automotive company. I know a lot of people would argue me on that, right? I, I know a lot of people see this as just a traditional uh, you know, automotive maker. And they've got four vehicles and that's what they are. But uh, you know, the fact that they are really... Uh, going to control the U.S. market for charging. The fact that we're opening up the network to uh, all these other automotive manufacturers, I think that's going to be huge. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll potentially see where this one goes, but I don't think we're going to 125. I don't know that we're getting to 400. I could certainly see three and a quarter. I don't know that 400 is going to happen. And I really don't think that uh, 125 is going to happen without uh, a a lot of things going really poorly for the market and for the company. Uh, so that's my two cents there. But uh, get over to Let It Grow Investing. I don't know if I mentioned that, but the reason I'm talking about these is because we are voting on these on the, the Facebook group. I will buy the the winner this coming Monday, uh, buy $200 worth in our Webull portfolio. So if you need to get uh, started on your own portfolio, you can use my Webull link in the description to get going. You will get some fractional shares uh, for simply opening account and uh, making a deposit as low as uh, $1. And you can uh, actually get some free shares of stock. Uh, it's a solid offer and uh, one that I think you guys should take advantage of. So use the link and uh, you know, good luck on whatever randomly selected stocks they send your way. Uh, our investing challenge portfolio uh, we're still in the green. It is only a half a percent right now. We are in the green by $97.07. Uh, it is kind of jumping all around right now because the market is open, but uh, that's where we're at. We are down about uh, half a percent on the day with um, the rest of the market kind of selling off and the NASDAQ being uh, something that's selling off the most. Uh, we are seeing a little bit of sell side pressure in our account as well. But um, that's all the time that I've got for you guys today. Hopefully you learned something. 
please go ahead and uh, share the podcast to really uh, help uh, others see it and uh, boost us up in the algorithms uh, so that uh, we can grow our community of uh, like-minded investors, uh, both both on the podcast and on the uh, the Facebook group where we are trying to uh, kind of share information more up to the minute and uh, as things come out. So I would definitely appreciate that. Uh, and if you haven't yet joined the Facebook group, please make sure to click the link and uh, uh, subscribe and I will uh, get you in over there as well. And uh, that's all the time that I've got for you guys. So take care and I will catch you guys in the next one. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.